This is a post-Christian podcast. We are the sacred collective. All are respected. All are heard. All are welcomed. Join us. How long has it been since you guys regularly had guests? It's been a while, huh? I think I don't think we've ever regularly had guests. I think we had uh, maybe we've had maybe eight to ten guests are out of two hundred eighty episodes. And then I think the last one that I remember was when you had Peter Rollins there, and he told you that you believe in God and that Jason doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> remember that? Yeah, I think it has something to do with me being like afraid of death. Or- yeah, if you were on a plane and it started crashing. What would be your immediate reaction? Yeah. And Jason was like, oh, I'm just kind of write it down. And you were like, yeah, I'd probably pray. And he's like, well, then you believe in gods and you don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, we had him on. We had Dan Savage on. Oh, had, yeah. Uh, That's right. Peter, or, uh, Cash Peters. Um, we've had Seth Taylor on a couple times. And then we've had a couple of my friends like Michael. Oh, yeah, Michael. Yeah. So I think that's about it. Oh, we had the Mark Gober guy last uh January, the spoon bender, I call him. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's got a book about some mystical spoon bending and remote viewing and all this stuff. It was really interesting, actually. Just, uh, I'm not, I'm very suspicious of much of it. So, yeah, interesting, huh? So, what's up with you guys? Oh, we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're sitting here in, uh, in the, in official winter weather for sure. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, over Thanksgiving, we got, like, the night before Thanksgiving, we got, like, seven inches of snow. Um, And then it was nice over Thanksgiving and Friday. And then the Saturday of Thanksgiving, it sleeted. And Minnesotans don't don't like sleet or ice. Like, we're fine if you give us, like, you know, freezing cold weather. Like, we're fine if it's 10 below or if we get, like, five inches of snow. But we don't know how to handle like sleet, and so everyone was crashing. There was like 500 accidents just in the Twin Cities. And oh no! It was ridiculous. And now the last like four or five days, it's been like 40 degrees, which is nice in December. So a lot of the snows melted. Yeah, that's like warm there for, for yeah. there, isn't it? But yeah. then next next Tuesday and Wednesday, it's supposed to be like 10 for a high, negative 11 for the, the low. But you know, it's winter in Minnesota. Yeah. So you guys got some beers. Yes, we got do. some beers. Yep. How's your water? I, I unfortunately, yeah, I'm drinking a glass. How do you know this isn't a glass of vodka? Come on. Can I just I mean, listen, look at the bottles behind? I listened to Drunk <laughs> yeah. X Pastors on uh, what was it Monday, and you can't drink alcohol right now. You're not supposed to. I'm a huge disappointment right now. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm having a drink here or there, like a glass of wine or something. But I just know if I start with Jason and we're recording the podcast, I'm going to end up with you know four cocktails and I shouldn't be doing that right now. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause he was drinking on the last, your last podcast. And I listen to you guys while I'm at work. Cause I have a job that I can listen to podcasts for eight hours, which is great. And just, and just listening to Jason getting wasted is like one of the highlights of like my Monday mornings. <laughs> Did you notice if he was drunk or because Jason and I talked about it and he's like, I don't feel, I didn't feel any different. I didn't really notice much with him. I noticed it when he did all those shots like a couple months ago. Well, when I, cause I, since I listen to you guys, like if I didn't listen all that regularly, I could be like, no, but since I listen to you guys every week, like I can tell when he's drank more than he usually does. Yeah. I mean, that time when yeah. you guys are like each took like seven shots 
he went out and had like whatever. That was just a <laughs> shit show. That was hilarious. But I, I could tell, I like, you were like, you need a drink for me, Jays. And he was like, this isn't going to happen every week. <laughs> yeah. That was a surprise, though, because that wasn't even my idea or my pushing him to do it. He, he was one of the patrons, and he was like, okay, I'll do it. So <laughs> maybe just funny. felt like with my sobriety that we needed some, uh, some help there. Well, since your name is Drunk X Pastors, you know. I know. I know. Yeah. What happens if I become sober? Then you're ex drunk, ex pastor. Yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah. Yeah. We. I have to actually be entertaining uh, despite being sober. That's gonna be rough. Oh, that would be rough. You could just be sober (laughs) ex pastors. Yeah. (laughs) Suck. So uh, I had a stroke. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask you about that. How's how's that? How's the recovery going, man? How you feeling? It's pretty good. Um, I have my moments of complete uh, uh, brain damage where I have no idea how I'm going to say what I want to say. Oh, my God. Um, and I have these moments where I do things like, what did I do last Oh, I was talking to uh, my girlfriend last night, and I said, I wanted to say, well, I'll tell you what I said, and then I'll tell you what I wanted to say. Okay. What I, what I said was, um, yeah, I'm, you're just screwing in the screw here. And then she looked at me for like 10 seconds and I looked at her and I said, in some cultures, they call it twisting the knife. <laughs> but what I said was screw the screw because those are the words that came to my mind because yeah. my, my brain doesn't work very well anymore. Uh, as far as my language center goes, but it's getting better. I'll say stuff like, um, you know, keep the door open or else it gets cold in here. And I won't even notice that I said open when I mean shut. Oh, sure. Or I'll, I'll, I mix up times a lot. Like I'll say now instead of later. I'll say yesterday instead of tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Uh, most okay. stuff I notice afterwards. And then I, I tack on words to the end of, ends of sentences as well. So mm-hmm. I'll say something like, do you want to do that too, too? And I'm just like, where the fuck did that come from? Mm-hmm. But at this point, it's just humorous. I do something stupid and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm brain damaged. That's funny. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty brutal for uh, the first few hours when I couldn't, everything got my mouth was gibberish. Mm. And then, um, it took like a, f- a couple days where I could, uh, form whole sentences that made sense. And so it's just been a, ma- a matter of relearning all that shit. Shit, dude. It's like my, that, yeah, when you have a stroke from what I understand, and I'm not a neurologist, but from what I understand is, uh, the part of your brain that gets starved of oxygen never recovers. Hmm. Like once it dies from oxygen, it doesn't renew. You don't get new brain cells in there or whatever. So that part of my brain is just lost or whatever. So you, you have to rewire things. But I guess that's where uh, neuroplasticity comes in, right? Where your brain figures out new ways of doing things. So are you in any sort of like a, a therapy for that or anything? Or do you have any practice that you're doing like to kind of practically try to rebuild those pathways or build new ones? Yeah, you would have thought like a few hours in, oh, this guy's going to need speech therapy for sure. Um, but the next day I was talking to the doctor, the neurologist came in and he was like, you're making really good progress. I have a feeling if you stuck with it that you would, um, you, you'll be okay without speech therapy. So, and then they say that it takes about three months to, uh, what, after three months you get to the best you're going to get. So you progress as much as you can go oh, on your really? own. And yeah. And then after that, if you still have problems, that would be the place to get speech therapy. So I'm, I'm happy enough where I am now. It's just, it's kind of funny sometimes with some of the things I say. And then sometimes it gets worse. 
like just for two hours all of a sudden i just sound like a complete freaking idiot i'm glad it's not i hope it's not right now but yeah it'll just all of a sudden come and go which is weird wow so is that specifically um and as you said, you're obviously a neurologist, so I'm sure you'll be able to answer this very easily. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, do, do you know, is that specifically like the language center of your brain? Is that um, just like vocalization or is that piecing together thoughts? Like like what if you were, I guess maybe would sign language run under the same, uh, out of the same part of your brain? Like could you communicate? Yeah. Idea? Is it putting together an idea or is it vocalizing that idea? I don't know. It's, it's It was so confusing because... Uh, so they have these sheets in the hospital where they give you that they show you, you know, pictures and try to get you to say the pictures or that you have to read a okay. sentence or even to say a word. Yeah. And one of the mo- one of the more difficult ones uh, after the stroke is this picture of these two kids. They're trying to get cookies out of a cookie jar in the cupboard. The boy is standing on a stool that's falling over. He's got like a couple of cookies in his hand. His his sister, I assume, is like kind of holding the stool or next to him. And then the mom is next to them at the kitchen sink and she's drying dishes and the water and water is overflowing up out of the sink and into the floor. Okay. So he, the nurse would come by like every half hour, every 45 minutes and show me the picture and say, can you tell me what's happening in the picture? And there were uh, after about three or four hours after the stroke, I had some words like I could say like you, me, no, I can't, uh, that kind of stuff. But I couldn't do anything too complicated. And I couldn't say my kids' names, for example. It came out funny, no matter how much, no matter how much I tried. And so I would look at the sheet and um, start. I would say, "Well, there's a boy, and he's trying." And then because the words wouldn't come out of my mouth uh, the way I wanted them to, it's almost like it fucked up my thoughts. Like because the mm. I, I know what is going in the picture, and I what's going on in the picture, and I want to describe it. But as soon as the word comes out, you know, instead of cookie, um, my brain just kind of goes like, maybe I can't describe what's going on. Oh, wow. It's like, cause I can't say it, you know? And so maybe I don't know. And so I would just look at the picture and just start crying. Cause I would just be like, I, oh, I, I feel like an idiot. I can't tell you what's going on in this picture. Yeah. You know? It's really bizarre. It is bizarre. By far the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. I, a couple, I forget how many episodes ago it was, but. I don't know who recorded you, if it was your daughter or your girlfriend, but you, when you were, my kids to, and my girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And when you were trying to say your, what was it? You, I don't know if it was like your cats or something you were trying to say. Yeah. I was trying to say butter. I was trying to have our, we had four chickens. And I, their okay, names chickens. are uh, buttercup Phoenix, uh, Rosie and miss frizzle. Right. And I think buttercup that came out the funny, funniest, it just like made no sense at yeah. all. Because when I was listening at work, it was luckily it was like five thirty in the morning, and I was just I had to sit down. I was laughing so hard. I'm like I shouldn't be laughing. I was like I shouldn't be laughing because he had a stroke, and that's a terrible thing. But just yeah, but just like how you were saying, it was like and you they were like you're not saying anything. And you're like yeah, I said that, and it was like listening to it. I was just like oh my gosh, it was so funny. And but I had to tell. I was like. It was one of those things where it was like against like my conscience. I'm like, I should not laugh at Christian because he just had a stroke. Like he's laying in this hospital bed, but it's fucking hilarious yeah. because you're like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, so I was really upset for the first two hours or so. Um, especially when we were trying to figure out what was wrong and give me the medicine that would help, uh, like the brain drain that'll help get rid of the clock. 
Um, but there was a point a few hours in where I started getting some words back. I could say yes, no. Yeah. By the way, I could say sorry and fuck the whole time. Those were the two words I was able <laughs> oh, to yeah. say uh, higher throughout the entire stroke. Um, is that those are the building blocks of, of Christian's language center of the brain? Is yeah, sorry and I fuck. Guess. Yeah, I wonder what that says about my personality. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sorry the whole time. I think it says that I'm considerate and uh, that I like to be able to express my frustration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's smart, right? Fuck is fuck is the most uh, useful versatile, word yeah. in the English language. Very versatile. So if, I, if there's a word that I'm going to be able to continue to say, I want it to be fuck. <laughs> yeah, that is my favorite curse word. I mean, <laughs> probably one of my favorite words. You ever seen that thing? It's some like. Uh, guru guy, some spiritual guru guy, where he, and he's talking about the word fuck and all the uses it has and what a great word it is and all the ways you can use it. And I'll try to I'll try to send it to you guys because it's brilliant and it makes you realize like how uh, useful this word actually is. So I don't feel bad about saying it. Um, <laughs> True. Anyway, about three hours in, I, when I started getting some words back uh-huh. and started being able to like at least get my point across on stuff, that's when I started feeling like this is i don't know if i'm gonna die or not but this is pretty funny now like yeah i'm somebody who you know likes to talk and will go and has a podcast and suddenly i can't say the word buttercup you know so that's when i was like film me record me and i i called jason from the hospital around 1 a.m and we did a little facetime uh message and i just talked and talked and talked to him because i wanted him to hear what was going on and it was funny because it was like dude yeah, sorry. This is, I know you can't understand me, but this is what I sound like now. <laughs> so I got oh I God, had a sense dude. of humor about it at that. Wow. You see, at least you have a sense yeah. of humor about that. I would like if. Geez, I think if that happened to me, I'd be like, "What in the world is happening?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really weird. I mean, you guys listened probably to the episode. Well, you did listen to one where I uh, played the recordings, but yeah, when it re- happened at the very beginning. It was just so weird, you know, standing there with my friends and then I'm trying to reach this spoon to make a lettuce wrap. And suddenly I, I reach for it four or five, six times and can't grab it. And that's when I'm just like, oh, God, am I going to faint or something? And went and sat down. And then when they started talking to me, all of a sudden I couldn't talk. Wow. And really helpless to realize I can't say a single word right now. Holy shit. I'm sorry. So you didn't you didn't like pass out or anything like you didn't ever lose consciousness. No, I never lost consciousness. I walked, I put the lettuce wrap down and I walked over to the couch because I had fainted about a month before. Uh, I think just from dehydration and we were at a concert and just hadn't slept or ate much. And I was newly dieting and exercising. So I, I hit my head a couple, a couple times pretty hard. And um, so after I couldn't grab the spoon, and of course, I never had a stroke before, so I had no idea what it would feel like. I like I might pass out again. Maybe that's what's happening. Yeah. So I need to sit down on the couch real fast. So I walked real fast over the couch, and then I just sat there for a minute. And my girlfriend brought me some water, and I was able to drink the water, which I think you're actually not supposed to give somebody water because if they're having physical problems, they might not be able to swallow. All oh, right. So good, like you know drown yourself or whatever. Uh, and, but I drank the water okay. And then uh, my girlfriend went to a friend of ours who was there at the house with us, who's a nurse, and said, hey, I think Christian's having a stroke. Can you check him? And she asked me to lift my hands in the air and I couldn't do it. I mean, I don't think I knew, even knew she asked me to do it. 
But the paramedics got there within a few minutes and asked me if I could walk to the ambulance. And I was able to walk to the ambulance. And I was, I remember being conscious for everything, uh, conscious after that for everything. So I don't remember everything completely. Yeah. Is a stroke the one where you smell burnt toast or whatever? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't smell any burnt toast or anything like that. Yeah, <laughs> so random. Well, I thought that, I thought that was a thing, like a, a warning sign. Because I'm just I'm just sitting here thinking, like, if you have almost like the red herring of having passed out recently, and you're like, oh, I'm I'm sure it'll be fine. Like it's just dehydration or something like that. Like it's it's just yeah. it's making me kind of paranoid. Like oh shit, like if it could happen to you know a, a, a friend and they don't know what's going on, then like shit, like how do you how do you know yeah. if, if if I'm in that situation, someone's having that ha- happen to them it's like what the fuck but at least you know i, I guess you had that uh you said it was an emt uh, no, so i had a, a nurse with me oh, there at the, okay. at the uh kitchen um island where we were eating it was a friend i was with a few, like uh four or five friends and one okay. of them just happened to be a nurse well you got super um, super lucky there yeah yeah i mean i mean and also how did this happen to me and not to jason that's what <laughs> i'm most like baffled over because that guy's blood pressure has been like 200 over 140 for, I don't know, three or four years. And somehow I get the stroke. Mm. But, and plus all the medical issues you were having like two years ago, right? Yeah. I mean, I had heart surgery yeah. a couple years ago. That's probably more what this is related to. Mm. Uh, because they put a pr- prosthetic ring on my on the valve, of my mitral valve. And that can, they often give... Uh, people with a surgery like that, uh, anticoagulants afterwards, just to make sure they don't have a stroke. And but they, they figured I was probably okay based on my age and everything. And so that may have been that. That's possible. Looking at that as one of the possible causes of it. Okay. Wow. So what's your maintenance now? Then what's your self care now? What do you do? Uh, right now, I'm working really hard on like um, figuring out my diet. Uh-huh. what I want to eat going forward because I eat, I eat three eggs a day at least and at least three to four pieces of bacon a day, I would say. Okay. And my cholesterol wasn't horrible, but I'm just figuring cause I got all of my levels done, the lipid panel, everything in the hospital. I should take this opportunity to, you know, figure out how do I want to eat, you know, all that stuff. Um, so I'm trying to exercise, eat well, and then um, I have, uh, they put me on a cholesterol medication, uh, which I really want to get off of, which is why I don't want to, uh, they put that on everybody who has a stroke because they don't know, like, oh, did right. some plaque in my, I, I might, my arteries might be okay, but there might be some little piece of plaque that I have in there that chipped off and that's what the clot actually was, or it might be an actual blood clot from my heart. So uh, they're just trying to figure that out. So I've got like, I'm on aspirin, which thins your blood platelets a little bit. and then. A cholesterol medication and then a blood pressure medication right now. Okay. So I'm hoping I can like get off of the majority of the medications if I keep myself healthy. Yeah. But then again, I don't want to have another stroke. So yeah. Gosh, we don't want you to have one either. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it, hit my, it affected my language center, but I could easily be sitting here with like half my face not working. Right. You know, yeah. Which yeah. sucks. I mean, I need, I need all the help I can get. Uh, with my face, so I needed to be working all of it. Right. I have a, a friend growing up um, across the street from me in my childhood home, and his mom had a stroke, and I think she like technically died for a couple minutes or something, you know. 
And, really? and yeah. And then, so she, she never came even close to recovering and she, she almost looked like oh, she, wow. she had the like, cerebral palsy or something like just the way that she walked, you know, and her speech was really, Oh yeah. And it was just from the stroke though. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. It, it looked like, you know, she was ha- handicapped very seriously. Like, you know, you'd probably even think just from birth, but, uh, I know I, I was wondering if, if I do have another stroke, what happens if it's just in the exact same spot? Cause that seems like that's fine. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's already dead. Mm-hmm. So would I even know? Would I even know if I had a oh, that's clot scary in that about. part of my brain? I asked the cardiologist a couple of days ago, like, cause it was about eight 30 at night, two hours later, I probably wouldn't have been asleep. And I asked him like, what would have happened if I was sleeping when I had a stroke? And he's like, cause I don't think there's no pain. So I think if you're sleeping. You just, there's a good chance you just stay asleep. Uh, and, that, and that's basically what he said. He said you would have woken up in the morning with the, not being able to talk most likely, you know, oh, and the med- medication they give you for that. Uh, it's called TPA. Um, that's the Drano stuff. You can only get it in the first four hours of having had a stroke. They can't give it to you after that. So if you have a stroke in your sleep and you wake up in the morning, they can't give you that medication oh, no. to get rid of the stroke. They can go in, get this. They can go in through your arteries and remove the clot mechanically with like a little like wire or something. What? So they put some wire in your artery that goes up into your brain and removes the clot. Jesus. That's, that's yeah. crazy. Wow. That's pretty scary. Yeah. Arteries are tough. They must be really tough to be able to handle that. Right? Maybe they could uh, eventually send little nanobots in there and they can fix you up real good. Yeah. Yeah, or how about just have little nanobots just stay uh, in my arteries and look for clots and destroy them. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. Why don't you just do that? So then we can all... Like Inner Space. You ever seen that movie? Yeah. With, uh, Martin Short and uh, Dennis Quaid. Yes, yes. <laughs> that might be before your time. How old are you guys? Oh, oh. I'm 30. I'm 30. Oh. Uh, yeah. I'm almost 37. Before, before your time. I'm. That, there's no ouch. I'm saying you guys are young. No, oh, I know. Well, <laughs> I'll accept that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't feel, I don't feel young with all my gray hair and... <laughs> Hey, you've got hair. No complaining. Hey, right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, it's receding very quickly. <laughs> no, I, well, when I listened to the episode when you were talking about um, fainting, like a couple years ago, this is really, like, this episode is really heavy. We're talking this about is heavy. strokes Look at this. and, like, fainting. We're but, so hey, serious now. Oh, I, can get, I can get into death in a minute, too, because I had some uh, interesting thoughts about death while hey, I was having a stroke. Well, no, like, That's and a good idea. I used to, like, before the job I had now, I used to work overnight. And like never again, I don't know how people can work overnight, but I did that. Yeah. So I did it for like two years. My daughter was like maybe three or no, like two months old. And so I had just gotten off work and then I was, I maybe slept for like two or three hours. And then it was like, I think it was right around July 4th and we were going to go down a couple hours South of here to where my wife's family was at. And I just got up and I told her, I'm like, I just don't feel right. Like something, you you know, when you don't feel good, you're like, something's just not right. So I get up and I was like, maybe, and everything, everyone's like, I just need a glass of water. I need to sit down or whatever. So I go in and take a piss. And while I'm peeing, I pass out. I just faint. Luckily, I just, Uh, I put my junk away. But all of a sudden, like (laughs) my wife, Amanda, like hears me and I passed out and I woke up and she was like, you were maybe gone for like 30 seconds. Um, but apparently like I hit my head on the door cause I had shut it. And then I hit my knee on the like porcelain part of the, uh. of the toilet and I woke up and I had no idea like what happened. I thought I was like, 
I, I, People I, die from that. Yeah, I, know, I, stuff. I mean, it's not uncommon for someone to pass out and die. No, I had a middle school head. teacher. Yeah. I had a middle school teacher while I was in middle school. Like he was like, I forget what he taught, like home ec or something. And he died because he was in the shower and apparently it was too hot or something. He passed out or he fell, hit his head and died yeah. Because, yeah. because of that. No, but my I, uncle died like that, but he, he was yeah. drinking too much too though. But, but so then I got rushed to the hospital, all that kind of stuff. And they, it was weird because they were like, they did an EKG and all that kind of stuff, which I was like, I'm way too young to have an EKG test. And luckily everything was fine, but then they kind of gave me a stern warning because they're like, you're dehydrated. And I was like, well, yeah. yeah, but they're like, you're dehydrated, you're exhausted and all that stuff. So, but it was scary as hell because my dad, about 15 years ago, died of a heart attack, but he died. Uh-huh. He died. Um, I was interning at a church at the time. And he went down to go to the bathroom, and he had a heart attack while he was pissing. Oh, and yeah. luckily he had, uh, he had just put his junk away. There's only pay- one way that could be worse. Oh my! If he's taking a shit, yeah, yeah, you know it's true. No, and yeah. so I remember, like, so my wife instantly thought of of like, oh my god, like my husband died the oh, same way yeah. his dad died. And like, I was like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. But like, that scares me now. So now like every day I'm like, I need to drink more water. Like, yes, I like beer and liquor or whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, I need to drink water because I don't want to like pass out again or like faint because that was scary. Because like, you just don't remember anything. I woke up and I was like, I don't remember what happened. Like, what's going on? Yeah. And you think you'll have enough time. You think, you know, I'm, I'll know if I'm going to feel like I, I, you think you'll know if you're feeling like you're going to pass out and you have time to just sit down or something. Right. But no, that's not how it happens at all. No, you just like, boop, and you're like, out, and then you get up and you're like, what just happened? And everyone else around you is like frantically, are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah. And you're like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm fine. What's going on? And they're like, you passed yeah. out. Were you like, annoyed? I did. Were you annoyed when people were around you after you passed out? Because I passed out a couple of times, and each time I'm annoyed when people are like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Like, like I'm trying to take a nap. It feels like you're waking up from a nap. And it's no, like, it is. Why, why are you in my face like talking to me right now? No, exactly. Like when that happened, like my wife got like came in and my daughter was in the other room. So she's holding like my daughter and I'm like, what are you doing with Ava? Like, get a, like I, I and then I was like, and then as soon as I got up, I'm like, why am I on the bat, like bathroom floor? And she's like, you passed yeah. out. I'm like, why in the hell does my knee hurt? Why is it throbbing? She's like, you hit your knee on the on the toilet. And I was like, where am I? <laughs> it was just so bizarre. <laughs> And why, if I'm so dehydrated, is my stupid body getting rid of liquid? No, I know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, when I passed out a couple months ago, I passed out twice in a row. And both times slapped, um, slammed my head against a concrete floor. And so I was asking the cardiologist a couple days ago, could that at all be related to the stroke a month later? And he was saying that, no, not directly, but... Uh, when you're dehydrated, your blood platelets get, get really sticky, and that's when they can form they can form clots. So he was like, staying dehydrated is actually really important for you going forward because you are susceptible to clotting, you know. And so, and then and then then he wants to put me on anti- anticoagulants, which is pretty normal after right. a stroke. But now, if I pass out, hit my head, because uh, I'm fainting. And I bleed. I could die from bleeding before I even wake up from fainting. Yeah. So it's just a fucking mess. It's a hot mess. Yeah. So I want to try to pivot to totally something different because it's just it's really heavy. It's heavy as uh, fuck. Yeah. And we have another podcast to record after this tonight. Um, 
Yeah, we'll be in a great mood. Thanks, Christian. Yeah, thanks. We're talking about purity cult. <laughs> we didn't even get to death yet. But yeah, what do you want to, what do you want to talk about? Um, so you you and Jason were both uh, in Hungary, right? Yeah. So I'm like, my mom's German and Hungarian, and every time, no one ever really talks about Hungary. It's like kind of that like bastard country that no one cares about. Uh, she speak Hungarian? No. I mean, like, she, she doesn't speak Hungarian. She was out, like, but my grandpa was he was born like in america but he had like a thick hungarian accent Uh, and and everyone knew like because he grew up my mom's from milwaukee but everyone knew it was like this hungarian accent which is crazy because like most hungarians don't live in like the midwest they're still on like the coasts especially like the east coast yeah Um, i hardly ever meet hungarians here yeah. I'm so excited. I walked past a couple Hungarians, I, mean, I assume because they were speaking Hungarian, in Costco the other day, and I wanted to just walk past and say, like, you know, you want to vote Cubano? <laughs> and just freak them out. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say is, like, kind of a couple things, like, teach us some Hungarian, because my mom doesn't know Hungarian, but to just also kind of, like, how was Hungary like? Just because I'm, I eventually. Oh, you're wanted, to, you're you're, <laughs> you're swinging all the way over. I know to Happy Land, huh? Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> we were talking about how was your summer? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, just because when I well, listen to you guys on the podcast, I'm like, next time we talk, I was like, I need to talk about Hungary because I'm Hungarian. Yeah. And all that stuff, and I'm just curious, just because that's part of my culture. You What's know, your favorite age. color? Also, you shut your mouth. <laughs> Um, I was trying. It's my favorite color is is called is cake, which is blue in Hungarian, if I remember correctly. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Cake, uh, cake, cake. Like cake. It's, it's pronounced like like a piece of cake, cake. Mm-hmm. But it's actually K E with an accent K, and it's pronounced cake. Cake. Uh, and this is qualified by if I'm remembering correctly, because I haven't wondered what the word for blue in Hungarian is for about twenty years. Oh. So. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but uh, Sia, and it's spelled S-Z-I-A, is a super common word in Hungary. It just means like hi and bye, and it's kind of like aloha. Mm. Uh, and so, and but it's only it's informal. You only use it with people you know okay. really well. Mm. But you could walk, you know, walk into your house with your mom and say see, and say Sia, or when you leave, say Sia, and it means hi, hey, whatever. Oh, nice. Or you could be more formal and say Yona Pokivano. Which uh, means good day. I wish you. It means good afternoon, basically. Mm. But yeah, yo yo na kibanok. And then uh, the formal goodbye is visont latashra. So that's how you would say goodbye. Do that last one again. Visont latashra. Viso. Visont latashra. Visont latashra. Yeah, I'm not going to remember that. It is spelled V I S Z O N T. L-A-T-A-S-R-A. And then the one you have to know is the word for Braveheart. Braveheart? <laughs> for the, the film Braveheart. starring Mel Gibson? The movie. Yes, yes. That one in Hungarian is Bretent Hetetlen. Try it again. Try it again. Uh, no, say it again. You sound like me having a stroke a little bit. Bretent <laughs> uh, I am not even going to try. I just feel like I'm going to be like beat by it. And it actually means like he who cannot be afraid or um, scared or something like that. Uh, and it actually does. That is actually what a lot of my words sounded like when I was having a stroke. When I try, and I try to say something. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. You know, like that. You, when the, uh, not to get completely back to the stroke. 
but did you guys did I tell you guys about uh, when they asked me to read a sentence during the like this, one of the stronger parts of the stroke when I couldn't say any words that it all came out as numbers? What? I don't know. I don't know if you guys if that was in the podcast or not, but maybe. Well, I'll just talk about. Yeah, it, there was a sentence where it was like the 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 fox drops jumps over the fence, and did I say fox? That when the fox jumps over the fence, and I it came out like. 71, 112, 19, 31, 4, 7. And I thought I was saying the sentence, but it was just all coming out in numbers. What the fuck? But yeah, I, I wish I was, I wish the numbers actually meant something. Anyway, Hungary. Uh, so I was in Hungary from 1996, early 96 to uh, about April of 2000. So uh, just a little over four years. And it was the, since it was late 90s, from what I've heard, because I haven't been back, Jason has a couple times. It's completely different now. Um, you know, mobile phones were just kind of becoming a thing. I remember the first person I ever saw talking on like a, a microphone that was connected to a phone was standing on the street talking. I thought I was walking next to a crazy person because <laughs> they were had the phone in their pocket or whatever. And that was in Hungary. I, I really liked it. I I miss it. I would love. I I've tried a lot of times to remember the streets in my head uh from where i lived and so so i would know how to get places and i have one of those oculus quest virtual reality visors Mm -hmm. and there's a program on there i think it's called wanderer where you can actually put yourself anywhere in the world so i've gone like to the village in africa and then i've I've gone to my the town of debertson where i lived and tried to kind of walk like as well as you can because you can only go certain places Try to walk as much as you can down the streets uh, to try to remember it, but it looks completely different now. It, you know, it was kind of just coming out of being communist, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ten years earlier or less than ten years earlier, and so they had these big, ugly uh, ap- uh, communist apartment block buildings, and they just they just made it more beautiful now. And you know, the the, the main street which was full of cars before is now, now a big walking street, you know? So, um, from what I can see in those videos, it's the street, the, the buildings are a lot uh, more decorated, that kind of thing than they were, but Hungary had beautiful architecture from, uh, before the Russians came in. And I think 56 and, um, the people are super nice. there. couldn't be nicer. Really. The language is, fucking ridiculously hard <laughs> um it's supposed to be like one of the third hardest languages in the world there's 998 ways to conjugate every word jeez oh gotta do something about that i got one for you okay so when when we sneeze in america we say either god bless or kazunai or whatever bless you yeah. uh bless you yeah um in hungary they say so here's how the word here's how you can get to a place where every single word can be conjugated 998 ways okay okay the word eges in hungarian is means whole okay like uh, like w-h-o-l-e okay, yeah. uh entire so, means wholeness so the, the actual translation of that in english wholeness is health okay, oh, so like, okay. and then and then if you put ed on the end of it, that means you. So ege means your health. 
and then re at the end means to. So ege shege re means to your health. Which so is that's one word? In Hungarian. So that's all one word. So, But it has three suffixes on oh, it, right? Yeah. And that's how all Hungarian words are formed. So retentetetlan being braveheart starts out with like the man or whatever, and then just keeps adding suffixes until you get the word to say what you want to say. And so they get ridiculously long, and there's also like a million ways to say something. Yeah. Oh, people no. like people will say that learning English is difficult because like my best friend Scotty, he's in Switzerland now, but he's from America, but his wife is Swiss, and like so, like Swiss people need to know like they have like five national languages in Switzerland, which is geographically is like the size of Minnesota. And so they have like five or six different languages that they speak there. And one language that they speak is called Romanche, which is like, um, Latin, which they speak in like one canton. But like, they have some, like, we think we like, like in English, we have like weather, we have different weathers, like the weather outside, whether or not, Oh, you mean, yeah. And, and, you know, other things like... Homophones. You know, like, yeah, words like that. But then, like, trying to learn their language. And, like, when I go to another culture, another country, like, I want to, I don't want to be a stupid American or tourist. So I'll try to learn their language. But some of their words, I was just like, what? what? Like, they had, well, like, Bita is kind of like... uh, like, Please, thank you. Is like, yeah, please, thank you. But it also means um, check. So, like, if you're at a restaurant, like, if you want your check, you kind of, like, raise your hand, you're like, Bita. And then I was like, well, how do they know the difference? And they're like, well, you're at a restaurant. Context. You know, what, context. Is the, what is the actual word, that Bita. one that you're saying? Bita. It's like Bita in in uh, in, in German. You yeah, know? it's like B-I-T-T-E. Okay. And that means check? Yeah. Okay. But then it also means, like, like Bita is, like, like hey, or, like, whatever. But then, like, we, we rode the train a lot, and... Um, like when we were over there, I actually, my friend's a pastor and I was the, at his church, I was the theologian in residence for like two weeks, which was, which was fun. The church got to pay me to go, go to reside theologically for two weeks. Yeah. And to like tour the country. That was pretty fun. But like on the the train, that's a pretty good title. Theologian in residence. I think I'm going to try that out. Do it. It works. I can write theologian. (laughs) Um, but, uh, it, it was, um, my favorite word is choligong. Choligong, okay, which literally means excuse me. <laughs> like if you're like on a subway and you're trying to like get past someone, like here we're like, oh excuse me, excuse me. It's like choligong, and you're like what? And so you would hear people say that all the time, and I'm like, at first I was like, what are they doing? And it's like, oh they're saying excuse me. Uh... Or then like my wife went with um my friend's wife because she's a school teacher, and they were like, oh you know they wanted to like learn everything about English from from like my wife and they're always like talking about these tv shows and the funny thing about a lot of like countries is like the kids will be like oh tell us like, they think we know everyone they're like oh you must know like taylor swift or you must know this movie star like because we're mm-hmm. americans so we know each other and it's like no but the one word that i always i still say to this day and i'm trying to teach my daughter is reagan boogan reagan boogan what reagan boogan <laughs> like like ronald reagan like reagan boogan Reagan Boogan. Reagan Boogan. Yeah. What does it, it mean? It what means, did I just say? It means rainbow. Ah. Oh, rainbow. Well, rainbow. it kind of sounds like when you would expect rainbow to. But then the the worst thing is you say to a Swiss person, you never tell a, a Swiss person that they speak German because right. they speak Swiss German, which is totally different. Because Swiss German and German, there's a like probably like ninety five percent similar. 
but then that other 5%, they just like, it's completely different. So I think the main difference between uh, German German and Swiss German is that uh, in German German, you have to yell it at people. And right. in Switzerland, say it very nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's maybe because they're pacifists mostly. I don't know. <laughs> One of my favorite words in Hungarian is Choda Bogar. And Choda it Bogar. is, it actually, do you remember that movie? Again, you may not remember because uh, this might be before your time. There was a uh, Kyra Sedgwick, John Travolta movie called Phenomenon in the 90s. And John, John Travolta had all these powers. Well, uh, the Hungarian word for phenomenon is Chodavogar, but it actually means wonder bug. So literally. Wonder so bug? He was a wonder bug, yes. But uh, that was <laughs> huh. the, the translation in Hungarian. This is like a weird Herbie sequel or something. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Wonderful. Huh. Yeah. Well, uh, why don't you go back to talking about death for a little bit before we wrap? Yeah, we've talked about strokes. I took it back over, Brian. We talked about strokes, <laughs> hungry, Switzerland. Well, he teased, he teased the death thing. We I, can't... Think, I think Christian really wants to talk about death. Yeah, I want him to. He teased it. We can't just leave this hanging. That's fine. Well, I did, I did talk about it on Tuesday when we recorded uh, the next episode of Drunken Spasters because that's been on my mind because I had a stroke. Uh, but you, first of all, one in six strokes, uh, the, the person dies. Mm. So I didn't realize that at the time. I probably would have been much more scared at the time of the stroke if I had known that. Uh, but anyway, I just had this weird moment that I've been sharing with people uh, when I was in the hospital. and Because I wasn't expecting to have a stroke. I was out trick-or-treating on Halloween. We're having drinks. We're, I'm eating my lettuce wraps. Uh, and... Suddenly, you know, an hour later, I'm in the hospital. They're they're rushing me through a CT scan. They're taking me to the ER. I'm surrounded by doctors, nurses, a a robot doctor. Did I tell you guys about that guy? No. Like this, like robot came in, it was wheeled in, and it looked a lot like a machine, like a bad robot built ten years ago. It's really, but a it had like an iPod, an iPad at the top of the doctor's face, and he was talking to me. So what? it was maybe just like a, it was kind of like a yeah, it was like a mobile iPad or something. But he was like talking. He was the neurologist, so he was talking to me about stroke. <laughs> um, but it's a weird thing to see when you're having a stroke. Yeah, like normally if you're just normal and that comes in, you're like that's weird. But it's like kind of like you know being on acid and seeing it come in. You'd be yeah. like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> right now? Yeah. Um, but there was this moment in there where. I just realized how serious the situation was oh. by how many doctors and nurses were around me and by the fact that my kids were dropping everything and coming to the hospital immediately. And I just remember I couldn't communicate besides pointing and nodding my head and I couldn't feel stuff like they're poking my legs and my arms. And I, I'm not feeling it. And I just realized like, this could be it. Like, is this how it happens? And I'm sitting there, just have, it's the weirdest feeling to be going, you know what? Even if this isn't how it happens, this is how it happens for a lot of people. Right. Like something happens that you're not ready for, you're not expecting. And an hour later, you're surrounded by doctors at a hospital and they're trying to figure out how to treat you. And then you, you, you're looking at everybody and then you fade to black, you know, and wow. um, you, know, you start going towards the light. And so I just had this realization there in the room. I was like, this could be it. This might be like, might be happening right now. I wasn't expecting it, you know? 
Uh, and I also thought, if it's not, if this is how it happens for a lot of people. Um, and so I just, it gave me like kind of a, I mean, I'm not like going to give up my job and go climb Mount Everest or anything, <laughs> but it did, you know, I don't make any huge changes. I, did, I saw one of those posters today. It said, um, it said, think about this. Every single person who's dead on Mount Everest right now was at one time a very high level, highly motivated person. Stay lazy. (laughs) Safer. Um, but, uh, more longevity. Yeah. 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 Really? So I, um, yeah, I just feel like I kind of like it went, I I feel like it almost happened, you know, like it was so close and it really, it wasn't that bad at the time. There were moments that I was definitely scared when I didn't know what was going on. There's also moments too, where I'm like, if this is how it happens, bummer, but it's not like the worst thing in the world right now. Right. You know? I mean, I'm sure there's more painful or ways to die. Uh, but then, yeah, it just got me thought, thinking about death. And I've been thinking about it for the last couple of weeks. I've been watching a show called the Kaminsky method. If you've heard of it, it's on Netflix. It's Alan Arkin and Michael Douglas. And they're both pretty old guys now. I think Alan Arkin is 85 and Michael Douglas is 75. And they're, so the, the show is a lot about uh, people dying and getting sick and, you know, uh, them being old, kind of old people's humor. But um, I just, it got me thinking about how everybody dies. And I was talking to Jason about this the other day, and he was kind of like, I already knew this, dude. And I'm like, I know, but no, like, really think about it. Like, every single person that has ever lived that is not alive today has died. Except, of course, for Enoch in the Old Testament. Yeah, supposedly, if that's being interpreted correctly. Because he, what he did say is he walked with God and he was no more. Which to me also just sounds like he died. We got scripture in here. Um, I like it. <laughs> what was that? I said we got scripture in here. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Christian of all people is quoting what you're quoting the Book of Enoch now. You're uh, the Apocrypha. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's in. It, it's he's in, in Genesis too, I think. Yeah, he's in Genesis. Is it Genesis? Yeah, it just says Enoch walked with God and he was no more. And to me, it was just sound. It just sounds like some old guy saying. Like we interpret it like, oh, he just disappeared, or he, you know, rode, he, you know, God raptured, or whatever. It just sounds like mm-hmm. maybe it also just means he didn't exist anymore because he died. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Elijah too. He uh, wasn't Elijah the one carried away in the in the fiery chariot. Yeah, some chariot. So that's a pretty good chariot, deal. Yeah, you can sign up for that. That's a pretty good way to go. Yeah, I guess so. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of fire, though. So I'm not sure what that means. Oh, okay. Or you could be like Methuselah and die at like 900 and. Mm, that's a good option too. You got a lot of options, Christian. My, my joke, yeah, nine sixty nine. I think what I tell people is like, when did he go through puberty? Nine sixty nine would. What like, would that be? Nine hundred and sixty nine years old. Like, I mean, like, do you go through puberty again, or like, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. even want to live. Or like is your puberty at one hundred and thirty years old? Yeah, I know exactly. Like, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if you're, you're uh What if Methuselah had Benjamin Button disease and he's born as like like. <laughs> My question with Benjamin Button disease is if you're only going to live to be 16, does that mean you're born as a 16-year-old and then you age to being an infant? Or are you born as like an 80-year-old but your aging is accelerated so that you die as an infant? That's what I want to know. These are good questions. Thank you. I need to see that movie again. I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's a great movie, but it just makes me think like what's the actual – what's the uh, logic here, the ratio of years lived to – you know. Okay, since we're talking about movies, and I'll just say this, because then I have an alcohol question to ask you, Christian. 
Um, shameless plug, watch The Irishman, if you like Martin Scorsese. He's really? The Irishman, yeah. actually. Uh, the Netflix did you one? watch it? I haven't watched it yet, but no, I'm going to the second it's person to recommend It's a long-ass movie. It's three and a half hours long. Um, yeah. But it's like a true story of what happened to this person, but like... Robert De Niro's in it. Um, Joe Pesci. Al Pacino is, plays Jimmy Hoffa, right? Yep, Al Pacino plays Jimmy Hoffa, and Anna Paquin's in the movie, but she she's getting a lot of heat because <laughs> she plays um, Robert De Niro's daughter, but she only has like seven lines in the whole movie, and people are oh. like, people are like, What's, oh. so, so it's too focused on men. It doesn't. Yeah, there's that test, right? And yeah, that, yeah, and it's like that. And, there was, and, she, and she was like. If you're asked by Martin Scorsese to be in a movie, you say yes because it's. I mean, he doesn't make shitty movies, but yeah, I mean, maybe her character only needed seven lines. I'm right. sure there's some guy in the movie he only has three lines. Right, and I mean, it was a minor, minor, minor character. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, it was this guy's daughter, but you can tell like their relationship was strained, and so she was acting obviously like an actor do with her emotions and her, you know, her her um, non, you know, non verbally. And so, like, she was great yeah. at that. But it's a good movie, It's but it's a slow burn. Okay. So I highly recommend yeah. that. I'll watch it. I went and saw um, that movie Knives Out. Oh, I did, too. Week. I saw that on Tuesday. Wasn't that great? Oh, I loved it. Freaking loved it. Yeah. Yeah, that was really great. I liked that a lot. And it got good reviews. I'm, I've been telling everybody about it because I, I, I want movies to get good reviews to do well. I was actually going over to Caleb's. Um, to, we were interviewing a person that we know in, in Manchester, England, and I, I get off work at uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, I don't want to sit in traffic. And so my wife's like, why don't you just go see a movie? And I was like, I'm going to go see Knives Out. And I was like one of like four people in the theater, and it was freaking fantastic, and I love the director. The guy who directed it, Ryan Johnson, is the guy who directed The Last Jedi. Right, right. Who, uh, you know, we, we have, of course, have shit all over uh, in the last couple of years. But he kind of he did, he did Looper, which I really liked oh, a lot. Oh yeah, he did Brick them. too. Brick is fantastic. Yeah, and I never watched Brick, um, but I heard it was good. He did Looper. He just seems to stay away from Star Wars, in my opinion, because yeah. he, he really screwed that one up. But uh, but yeah, I really like Night Out. He signed a new trilogy with Star Wars to do a new trilogy. So J.J. Like, Abrams made people pretty happy with Force Awakens, I think, in general. Oh, yeah. yeah, he did. It was yeah. the Last Jedi, I think, that had the most problems, mm. but. Um, I, and let me just finish what I'm going to say about, about death because to me it means something, but to Jason it means nothing. So I'm curious what it means if it means anything to you guys. Oh. Plus, you're 30, you don't even really think about death that much. Um, well, I have. <laughs> uh, like everybody dies. Everybody who has ever lived has died, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And so uh, I'm just thinking about like I was looking at a, a picture of Frank Sinatra. We were at Maggiano's eating dinner the other night, and there's a picture of Frank Sinatra up there. I'm like, dude, that guy had a life. You know, he like had. Money, women, fame—you can do anything you want, all that stuff. I'm like, but he's been died. He's been dead for like twenty years. Like, no matter what, it doesn't matter if you were poor, if you're wealthy, if you're famous, if you're obscure, you you die, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody has to face death, no matter what. You know, some people it's instant, sometimes it's longer. Sometimes people have a stroke or in the hospital, and that's it. But it just it encouraged me that first of all, that every single person goes through it. Mm-hmm. And and su- successfully, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, that's one thing you can't fail at, huh? Yeah, and then no matter what you, you do, it's going to happen to you. And this is such a downer, I know, but it's not for some reason because it makes me look at it and go like, you know what? I can do this. Everybody before mm. me has done it. I'm always afraid of getting to be 75, 80 because you'll know you just have a few years left. And lately, I've just been I've had this attitude, and it's maybe from having a stroke, where I'm just like, 
you know, it happens to everybody. It's going to happen at some point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, whether or not it happens in 30 years or five years, 100 years from now, I'm going to be dead. Either way. Yeah. You know? Everyone gets so upset. Oh, he died when he was 47 years old. I think I'd just be like, yeah, this is, all of you people mourning about it are going to be dead in 100 years. So it doesn't really matter if I yeah. died when I was 47 or mm-hmm. 87. Not that I don't like living. I do like living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I mean, I never really thought about death at, intently. I mean, I, you know, one growing up in the church, it's always like, well, the two constants in life are that you're born and that you die. I mean, and right. you do all the stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, we know that. But then what really kind of made me think about death was like when I lost my father. And then so like I lost my dad in 2005. And then a month after my wife and I got married, her dad died in a freak accident. Mm-hmm. And then both my grandparents died that I had left. And so like all these close people in my life had died. And I was just like, shit, you know, like these people that I'm really close to and that I love are dead. And I mean, it doesn't like I don't get up every day and be like, is this it? Is this the day that I die? Because that's just morbid. But it has let me realize where like, I do want to live life to like my fullest. And like, I don't want to be trapped in, you know, my nine to five job or whatever. But you know, it's like, I want to travel more, I want to, you know, go do more things with my family and like my daughter. But, you know, like, I think at the point, like, I'm not scared to die. I mean, maybe the way I do go, like I, I told my wife, I said, if I do die, I kind of want to have a heart attack like my dad. And she was like, well, that's a morbid thing to say. I said, well, with a heart attack, I mean, you're dead. Like it just, it just happens right. and you're gone. And so I don't want to have like cancer or this like really terminal disease where it's like six months, a year, and then you die. Like my grandpa, yeah. my grandpa died of a freak way. Like he was a huge smoker, smoked for 80 years, started smoking when he was eight. Um, and what happened was the emphysema didn't kill my grandpa. What happened? He has, you know how old people have their like lazy boy chairs, but it's the like mechanical one where you press a button and it kind of like lifts you up. So it's like a hospital. Like, yeah. Bed yeah. Type thing. So he had, so he had one and, and what happened and my grandpa's had two, um, replacement hips. So he had like metal hips. And so his hip, like his hips are heavier than most people because his, instead of bone, it's metal. And so, like, his hip got stuck on the on the controller, and it just lifted him out, like, out and up. Ah, and so he, ah, fell, ah. Uh, he fell on the floor, and what happened, he didn't know, is since he was so brittle, one of his ribs, like, cracked and punctured his lung. Oh, my God. And, oh, my gosh. And so he didn't know, but he already had a trouble enough breathing with because he smoked, like, a pack a day yeah. for, like, 60 years. And so, like, it was this progressive, like, way of going. And, I mean, I look at it now, and, I mean, I have my grandpa's name tattooed on my arm, but I was like, that would be a shitty way to go because he was in hospice for, like, a His name was Christ? Huh? His name was Christ? No, like, his his initials. (laughs) Yes, I have Christ on here. Oh, okay. But I have his initials, and I was like, (laughs) I don't... His name was Christ. I did know someone named Christ. I kid you not, in college. His name, well, his name was Christian, but he shortened it to Christ. He went by Christ. Uh, I kid you oh, not, that's ironically. Really, that's really like a, what's a God complex. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, but talking about death, like, I've probably thought about it more than most people. But I think it's one of those things where now I, I like, I, I think about it more than probably most people do. But it's not going to get in the way of how I live, you know, my day-to-day life. Because, like yeah. you said. Well, I think, it, I think it freaked me up a little bit. Yeah, it freed me up a little bit to like just be like everybody dies. So I, because I, I, I did, I do obsess over it or have obsessed with it in the past, especially when I believed in hell. Yeah, and oh, uh, I don't, 
I don't obsess over it that much anymore, but death still has scared the shit out of me. And I'm just kind of, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, you know what? Like I, I am the, I'm probably no matter what halfway there. And even if I, if I live a really long life. So like, it's, you gotta get to a point where you get, where you come to peace with it. Right. Yeah. And that's what I feel like I, what's happened to me lately. But I was going to say, um, I was going to say, I have two tattoos. Okay. I have one on my left shoulder, one on my right shoulder. The one on my left shoulder says memento mori, which which means remember death. Remember that you have to die. That's mm-hmm. how it's translated. And the other one is memento of the very on the other shoulder, which means remember life. So remember you have to live. So I feel like our lives have to have that balance, right? Of yeah. just like, because, because you have to live, because you have to die someday, remember to live your life, you know, mm-hmm. but keep the two things you know, in perspective. Um, and I don't think that I don't agree to agree with what the church says that there's two things that are tr- definite yeah. that you are born and you die because there's probably billions of people who haven't been born. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's okay. silly to say that those things that happen. I can think of a few people I would, I would conjure into existence that haven't been born. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, I want to know, like if I had a choice of dying suddenly from a stroke, or um, having uh, cancer and with a you know or ALS or something, yeah. I would want to know, even though it might be a little bit more painful. But I also mm, am a yeah. big proponent of um, of euthanasia, of yeah. being able oh, to uh, die at your at your leisure when you've gotten to that point Dying where life is no, no longer comfortable. Dude, you should check out a guy named Dave Warnock. He does. Oh, he's going to be on the podcast next uh, Tuesday, or two, two Tuesdays. Dude, he's a friend of mine. 17th. That's crazy. Oh, really? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, his his uh, personal assistant Marie. Uh, I'm I produce her her new podcast. Everyone's autonomous. Uh, okay. Yeah, she um she uh, reached out to us like earlier this year, I think, and it just took a long time for me to get back to her. And now that we have this the podcast studio ready and everything. Um, I was like, let's get some guests on. And so I, I just re- replied to her yesterday and I really liked Dave's story. And um, yeah, he's coming on the 17th. That's so weird, so man. I'm excited about that. That yeah. is, that's weird. I, I guess she didn't tell me because she didn't know that, that we were friends, but she's one of my closest friends. I hung out with her last night. We went, went out to the, to the bar. And oh, really? Went back to my place and hung out. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, we're really yeah, close she friends. Just a, she just sent me a photo request on Facebook yesterday. And uh, yeah, we would, we went back and forth on emails yesterday. That's hilarious. That's wild, man. That's that's it's very interesting. So I guess they'll both be there then, probably, huh? I don't know. I know because he's in Florida right now. Yeah, and right so now, he's yeah. calling in, and oh, um, we're actually we're getting new equipment tomorrow for recording video. So we're going to start having, if we can figure it out, we're going to start having our oh. uh, podcast be recorded for um, YouTube. Cool. That's great, man. That's awesome. You guys are yeah. making some strides, yeah. huh? Yeah. So, and then uh, Dave Warnock's going to be one, probably our first guest. That's he's going to call in with a webcam, and then the the software is supposed to switch, but do all the work for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. We were talking. That's so weird. What a small world, dude. I guess we all yeah, run, run in similar circles, cool. so that makes sense. That's wild, man. That's crazy, huh? Yeah, I went yeah. to uh, an, a Dying Out Loud event that he had in Kansas City. I did a road trip with Marie and our friend Jake, and we went down to Kansas City and met up with Dave and went to – he spoke at, like, essentially an atheist church called Oasis in Kansas City. Yeah. And we hung out there, yeah. and we all went out 
went out and you know got drinks and stuff and oh that's cool yeah bizarro dude freaking that's cool yeah i'm excited to talk to him yeah for sure he's a really cool guy he's hilarious he, we get along real well. I'm sure you guys will yeah. too. Oh, he is Southern. I know you have your little little bias against Southerners. <laughs> so we won't hold that against him. Okay. He's a Southern atheist, so that that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. He used to be an evangelical <laughs> pastor, though. Yeah, I know. I saw that, and then he got. In, in, it was in February where he got, he was diagnosed with ALS, right? And basically told you're going to die in a few years. Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty weird. Small freaking world. Small right? world. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. I think. I got raptured for a few moments. Um, had to go How get, was it up there in heaven? It was awesome. Um, I had to go get my my wife and daughter came back from grocery shopping, so had to go let them in. I was going to ask you um, behind you with that little alcohol alcove back there. Is that a yeah. bottle of absinthe I see back there? Yes, uh, I've been into making sazeracs, and so I, I had that is, bottle uh, of absinthe. <laughs> Before oh, I saw right. that, and so I'm gonna do a screenshot real quick of the of, of this whole thing so we can see the absence. Fantastic! <laughs> yeah, you I got it? yeah, I think so. Like I've had that same bottle of absinthe, and I used to. Go. My wife loves the taste of black licorice, and I think it tastes like ass. Not that I know what ass tastes like. I do. But, okay, <laughs> that's great. Um, but I was like, I can see that bottle. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's the bottle of absinthe. The other thing is there is that another um, next to it is that the um, brown sugar bourbon. Yeah, BSB. Yeah, Jason likes to take shots of that for the podcast. I want to try that because I love bourbon and I love brown sugar. Yeah, same. I've tried to find that here in the Twin Cities. They don't sell it anywhere. Anywhere. Hmm. Sorry, I got a little bit chaotic here. You guys have someone else on? You have someone coming on soon? Uh, we're about to do our um, group recording that we do biweekly. Where we have like okay. uh, like between four and seven people or so come over and we have a little dinner together and then we we have a discussion about a topic and uh, we release those usually we release those like every other week and then an interview on the on the off weeks and um, we've actually got quite I'm proud of us we've been knocking them out we've got quite a few in the can you're probably this is nice. probably not going to come out for a little sneak peek behind the curtain for the listeners, but this probably won't come out for another five weeks or so. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're oh, dang. yeah, we're way ahead of, of schedule. We'll record an interview and put it out. Like we'll record on Sunday and put it out that night. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like a media. Yeah. We used to do it like that, but, but you know, we kind of got our, our shit together a little bit. Yeah, Glorious pastors who I listen to too. They do the same thing. Like they'll record on Tuesday nights and they just set it out. And, yeah, like you said, we used to do that, but then we come out with every Thursday. And before, like, we would be like, oh, we don't have anything, so let's do something else. And now, with, you know, enough people, like, we're reaching out to be like, hey, do you want to be on our podcast? It's like, sure. And so mm-hmm. that's happening. We're networking. And, cool. and then we reached out to some of the people who listen to us, like, online, and we're like, hey, do you want to be interviewed? They're like, what? You want to interview us? And we're like, yeah, why not? So we've done a couple of those. It's pretty fun. Yeah, I think we've got actually six guests right now. I started reaching out to people yesterday. That's I've exciting. got about six confirmed. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. I'm excited about it. It'll be, it'll be nice. That's cool, man. I'm excited to hear those. I'm listening to us. Yeah. I'm excited, too. So I'm excited to get some guests. For sure. That'll be great. Woo-hoo. Cool. Well, should we wrap this thing up? Probably do. we got to get some dinner before the rest of the people come over. Yeah. Well, thanks, Christian. Yeah, anytime. I can't believe we finally got this. Finally got this done. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Little little blips in life will 
pop up once you in know, a while. You know, strokes, yeah. they happen. Yeah, strokes yeah. will happen, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, we're bl- you know what? Yeah, we're retconning this. We're blaming this all on you and your stupid stroke, Christian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. by so, misscheduling. So. I, I'm blaming everything I can on a stroke. So. Oh, that's that's Let's handy. Do it. That's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. 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 Take right. advantage yeah. of that. All right. Have a good night, Christian. Good Thank you. you. Thanks, yeah. Christian. Yeah, you too. Talk soon, man. See you later. Later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, find us on social media at SacredMN. Hi, I'm Caleb with Post-Christian Podcasting. If you enjoyed this show, you might also like another Post-Christian Podcast. Everyone's Autonomous with Marie de la Font. So I had been born into Christianity, raised in a very literal interpreting home. So the Bible was the true word of God. The earth was made in six days. Um, You know, we weren't permitted to investigate evolution or anything like that. It was that kind of household, very evangelical. And then I was even more strict with my own daughters and really tried to um, keep them from the world. So, of course, when I... If you picture a beach ball that's submerged, right? And then you yeah. take your, your hands off and that yeah. mother comes flying out of there. Um, there's going to be fallout from that. And so my my poor daughters, they had a front row seat to my gong show deconversion there. And they were uh, in their teens at the time. And frankly, they were relieved. Yeah. They, they were happy not to have so many rules all the time yeah. and to finally have a sense of their own autonomy to borrow your word there that was a post christian podcast <laughs>